Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life wondering if you could be more, see more, or do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith, together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome to Shut the Shit Up. Jenny Randall here. And... My can my Candace is back. My Candace is back. That I was know. Weird. Yeah, I'm back. Candace, you know what? Is but back. it's all right. But we've been recording out of order, so you've been back in our last series, and now yep. we're mo- we're moving into because I just rolled off of the Flash Theology series, but now we're rolling into summer heat. Yes, yes, we are. All right, and I I'm excited for this next series because. Number one, we're going to try to have some incredible conversations that are just going to be more fun in nature, but we also want to introduce you to some of our fun friends. And today on our show, we've got a fun friend that we want to introduce you to and join with us because summer's the time when you get together with the people that you love and that encourage you and that inspire you and that you get some downtime with. So Jenny, you've asked a special friend and I want you to tell our listeners all about her. Yes. So we are bringing in some blazing fire with Angela Donatio. Summer heat. Uh, let me let me read her. That was so strange. We're real life friends. We've done ministry together. I love her dearly. We're the queens of sending long voice texts to one another. But let me read her formal official bio. Okay. Absolutely. And Angela Donatio is an author a speaker, a host of the Make Life Matter podcast. She's a seasoned Bible teacher, an ordained minister, and she often empowers women in Africa. So she is traveling all the time. She serves alongside her husband, Dale, to lead a multi-ethnic church. She's a survivor of two near-death health crises, which which kind of friend of mine? I had no idea. So I'm going to have to ask her about that sometime. She's a grateful mom and adventure junkie. Let's welcome her to the show. (laughs) Yay! Angela, welcome. We're so glad you're here with us. Hello, hello. I'm glad to be here with you girls. <laughs> so, okay. Oh, there, my wheels are spinning because I'm like, there's so many things I want to ask you just off your All bio things. alone. Right. Okay. <laughs> Health crisis, near death. Hmm. When when was the last time you almost died? I don't know. <laughs> Is this even a question? <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time? That's That's my... First of all, you two are my two of my favorite people, and it's just so super fun to be here with both of you. And I've had you both on the Make Life Matter podcast, so thank you for mm-hmm. hosting me here. Yeah, that was almost twenty years ago. It feels like yesterday. You have those wow. experiences that they're so and leave such an imprint on your life that you can still remember it so vividly. But um, mm-hmm. two thousand one, I nearly hemorrhaged after a hysterectomy, and I was awake. So that was a pretty oh, traumatic experience where I lost I lost over half my blood supply while I was fully awake. Um, wow. but that was really a life defining moment where the Lord wow. began to show me that he loved me for who I was, not because of what I did for him. I had it very mm. backwards, even though I was raised in the ministry and I'm a PK and we were serving in ministry. I had a very performance based 
lens um, that I was looking at my relationship with the Lord. And so he began to kind of peel back some layers and do some heart surgery in my life. And then, you know, when you feel like, okay, we've gone on that mountain, we're good. And then two years later, I was back in the same hospital. And um, that was a very long drawn out situation where I spent Mm -hmm. 11 days in the hospital with nothing to eat or drink. And they ran all kinds of tests. I had lost significant amount of weight. I was, um, my heart rate was like, for, you know, 38 to 40 beats a minute. My blood pressure was 70 over 30. Like I was, I wow. was dying. Wow. Yeah, I was dying. And it had been that way for a couple of months. And so um, very long story short, they kept me in the hospital for almost two weeks, ran a bunch of tests, really just did not know what was going on. My parents flew in. Like I was, I was dying. I was always laying on my left side. Oh my and I, gosh. Just, I could feel like life ebbing and, um, they did one last kind of Hail Mary test and they said, okay, we're going to do a barium swallow where you drink this barium and we're going to see where maybe there's an obstruction. I'd had endometriosis is why I'd had the other surgery and hemorrhage from that. So I'm thinking maybe it's come back. Maybe it's, you mm. know, causing an obstruction somewhere. And so I, they wheel me down to this cold room and I lay on this metal table and the test is supposed to take 45 minutes. So my parents and my husband stayed upstairs and Candace and Jenny, that test stretched to seven hours that I laid <gasps> on the table and they kept like flipping me over, drink more drink, get her on all fours. Um, I just felt wow. like a raggedy end doll. Science experiment. Oh it was a science. And, and I was so done. You know, when you're like yeah. already done and then yeah. you're just at your lowest of the low and I'm laying about hour six and I had been a worship pastor at that point, maybe 15 years and I've only heard the audible voice of God a couple of times. And I heard him in that hospital room, that cold examination room. I heard the Lord say, I know you can worship me on the platform. I want to know if Ooh. you can worship me here. Mm. And like, honestly, everything that within me wanted mm. to say, no, I can't. And I don't like you very much because you could just say a word and this would all go away. Um, but that posture of surrender that I had adopted. I, I just lay there and I began to sing, here I am to worship, here I am to bow down. Um, I don't even know if I could make tears. I don't even remember if I cried. I just laid mm. there. And I honestly believe that that moment of surrender is what ushered in my miracle. Because the next morning, they had a team of doctors in my hospital room before 6 a.m. and diagnosed me with a really rare disorder. They found an artery that was compressing on my intestines and they did a major surgery, cut me stem to stern, but it saved my life. So that was another big, huge chunk of God just doing um, deep work in my life. So it's almost like, you know how we talk now, like pre-COVID or post-COVID, it's almost like I talk about my life before that. And that's a different Angela and mm. after this, it's, it's this Angela. I've never, I had not traveled before then. I had not written anything before then. So God peeled back a lot of things that needed to be removed from my life so that there could just be a more intimate relationship with him. And I really have, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. I'm not going to lie, but yeah, I would, but this is the path that God allowed in my life to get me where he wanted me to be in a posture of real dependence on him. And so, um, yeah, that that reframed the trajectory of my life. If you want to know the honest truth, oh my gosh, I can't yeah. believe, I can't believe we've never friend talked through this before. This is radical and amazing, mm-hmm. and God removed performance 
off of you and then he in the first in the first battle right and then the second battle he's like all right i want to know if you can worship mm. oh angela yeah. and you're like yeah. lord i'll give you i'll give mm. you what i have oh my gosh and then well, now if you think about it can i be a little over spiritual for a second um do it he literally refined your praise and your worship yes I that's mean, true i mean when you think about your worship it being stripped from performance but then he also said you know can you can you do this at the most dire of moments when you think you're going to meet me face to face where i'm going to strip you from your life even then you can still go here i am to worship here i am to bow down here i am to praise you mm. like that yeah. praise is is refined mm. and not many people can say that they have markers and moments when they when they realize that god refined their praise and worship like purified mm -hmm. it not refined like oh made it made it more better for the masses to enjoy or added new mm -hmm. instrumentation or added some smoke yeah. machines you know but yeah. really refined it like brought out the impurities and left it pure um before mm -hmm. him and i think that that's that's a marker that anybody could benefit from is is asking themselves god where is my praise where is my worship that has that's been purified like mm. just to just strip your motives and say yeah. this is this is at the end of me yeah. and here's the beginning of you mm. i think everybody needs that encounter with the lord that's huge and it's wow. not only just strip. It, it, you're so right you're so spot on can it's not only to strip motives it's also to really ask the question, are you going to trust me? Like, period. Mm. Like, do mm. I really trust God? Because I think that's the question we all have to answer. For me, it's been health. It could be finances. It could be relational. But yep. we inadvertently put God's character on trial. We don't want to say that we do, <laughs> but we do when we're like, you're good, but you must not really be because this isn't good. So maybe yeah. you're just good to Jenny. Maybe you're just good to Candace, but you're not good to me. Yeah. Like he's mm. either good or he's not good. There's no middle mm. ground on the goodness of God. So yeah. settling that deep soul question for me, do I trust mm. you? What I emerged with were two questions that now I frame everything with is what do I need to learn from this? Because yeah. everything we go through can be some kind of, like you said, Candace, he's refining, he's purifying. And then how do you mm. want to use this for your glory? Because yes. he does want, he does want to use everything for his glory. We may not like it. We may not have wished it, but he can still redeem it and repurpose it and use it for his glory. And then that, that gives meaning to it rather than just some mm. arbitrary, difficult situation. No, like I'm not going to go through this for nothing. I'm going to come yeah. out of this and having learned what God wanted me to learn. And then that's when it becomes something for the masses. It's got to be done in us first. And then it's something that can be shared, if that makes any sense. Oh, that yeah. makes such perfect sense. I, I've actually been really struggling with this lately. And you have no clue. I mean, I feel like we're just chatting it up like friends here for Let's our chat. episode for that <laughs> summer heat. Like we're going deep in these conversations that would happen offline. But there's been like this really, I think, a holy disturbance in me and a, and a dissatisfaction with how we commercialize and and really almost propagate for the average believer that you have to have a purpose that's very public. Mm. Like we almost, we, we get people excited about God using you for a public 
uh, a purpose that only he's going to get glory from on this mass scale. But, you know, I've had relationships with school teachers that have opened their classroom door to me at 7.30 a.m. just so that I could have a place of peace in a family that was full of chaos. And mm. they gave me the glory of God. They showed yeah. and revealed to me the glory of God. And this is where I feel like we're, we're almost have this unwritten, um, this unwritten story being told in this generation of idolatry towards performance and, and this mm. really grandeur self, uh, self platforming grandeur that says, if God can't get a lot of glory from it with likes and streams and listens and downloads and uh, visibility, then it's not his glory. And I, I love mm -hmm. what you're saying because you're like, no, it's, it's how will he receive glory from this? Will the glory of God is not something we get to market and put up in, in our own way mm -hmm. to say, here's, here's what it looks like. We packaged it. So he, I hope you like it. The glory yeah. of God is something that you can't deny and it stuns you. It makes you stand still in awe and you go, Oh, this is you. This is you. Um, yeah. And so I love, man, I didn't expect this mm. conversation to turn so deep and mm. so, so wide in this moment, but man, if we could catch well, anything to stir us, this is it. And let me just be frank. When you're laying there dying mm. And mm. you're just hoping someone's going to figure something out. And I get to raise these mm. two children God has given me after that battle with endometriosis. I'm not thinking, boy, I hope one day I'll get to write a book that people will <laughs> exactly. read and host. Like, that's not wow. on your radar. That's yeah. just you and God in the grid of it. No one else is yep. around me. And it doesn't lessen the value of what happened if no one ever knew about it except me and God. Because yeah, he was good. doing the work in mm. me that had to be done. And that's that's how much he loves each one of us. That our, you know, our our purpose flows from presence. So if we don't have that abiding presence stripped away from all that stuff, the public is is gonna suffer. This is to be candid. And I'm almost great, I'm not almost, I'm grateful it happened because I have a different relationship with the Lord and approach to things and awareness of when I start slipping into my own dependence mm -hmm. rather than a place of staying. I look in a mirror and see a giant scar every day that reminds me, but I can still slip into my own dependence and strength real quick rather than yeah, that wow. constant awareness of God. My life is lived to worship you first and foremost. And and we all need that reminder. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter how yeah. he uses it. It doesn't have to be something that dramatic. It's just a posture of surrender that he, he's able to use. Mm. I, I want to reframe just real quick. Jenny, I know you've got uh, something because I felt your, <gasps> I want to jump in. But if I'm going <laughs> to lose this with my ADHD if I don't say it. I yeah. heard from you and I want to reframe this and quote this out. This needs to be something that we put on social medias after this episode. But basically you're saying that your purpose is attached to his presence. Yeah. And without that perfected, it could destroy the public aspect of it. And my 100%. goodness, that is without mm -hmm. being, <laughs> without not being cheeky, powerful. I didn't mean to add another P, but I mean, you know, I felt like we were, we were tapped out on our P word limit there, but, but yeah. honestly, that is absolutely 
powerful when you think of the gravity of what that would mean if most of us that felt a calling and an anointing from the Lord would grasp mm. that your that that your purpose is perfected in his presence. And mm. without that in public, it will suffer. Mm. I can't see mm -hmm. how I, I can't tell you how many people I've seen that have walked down a road where we are cheering them on and we know, man, they've got the fire of God in them. Let's go get it, you know, represent mm -hmm. them well. <laughs> and then they have this major fall and we're like, well, crap, they disappointed us again, you know? And I think it's just a good reminder that your, your purpose is perfected in the presence. There's nothing else that matters. Nothing mm -hmm. else that matters. Mm. My goodness, that is a good word, Angela. Mm. Okay, Jenny, I turned oh. it over. I'm sorry. I, I hijacked that. She's, she's going to forget. No, no, no. She's pastoring us this morning. Um, right? Angela, so so those two questions, I just want to mm. reiterate them for the listener in the moment of crisis or a situation where you're like, what is happening? What do I need right. to learn from this? How can mm. I use this for your glory? And wow. I only imagine your almost dying experiences moved you into framing out your book that you co-wrote with your dad called brave enough to believe. And in that book, you ask so many more loaded questions <laughs> like, like how can I be certain I'm hearing from God? How can mm. I untangle some uncertainty and overcome my fear of the unknown? Who and what is heaven? How can I be sure I'm going there? What do I do with my doubt and disappointment? How can mm. I have unwavering unwa faith for my future? So you, you, this is a loaded mm. book, my friend. Yeah. My goodness. I'm so proud of you. Like, thank you. Jenny. This is wild. This. Uh, okay. So now that we know like the posture from which you took to write this, mm. I know your dad has quite a story as well in writing this. So just give us a little background about your relationship with your dad and, and mm. what he was uh, instrumental in the position of this book as well. Well, I mean, this everything with my health was a couple of decades ago, but then you fast forward to COVID and this pandemic and Dale mm -hmm. and I are out here outside of DC trying to pastor through a pandemic, pastor through political unrest. We have people working in the government. We're commuter city, bedroom city for DC. So as we all know, anything that could have gone wrong in 2020 went wrong, you know, and, or went right, depending how God is going to use it. But all that to say, I'm over here thinking this is the hardest year of ministry we've ever been through. So I called the wisest veteran pastor I know who happened to be my dad and said, dad, what do we do with these doubts, these disappointments? And as we're talking, mm -hmm. God is not afraid of our hard questions. The questions like why, those are the questions I don't advise because they're kind of a chase your tail question. Why is this happening? Why is it? Maybe you'll get an answer. Maybe you won't. You might just end up super frustrated and go nowhere. But purposeful questions, we see all throughout scripture, God is not afraid of our questions. And yeah. so yeah. when I talked with my dad, we were discussing these doubts, people leaving the church, people not coming back. Why is mm -hmm. COVID lasting so long? Some of the same undergirding, do I trust you? Are you good? And so he, he led the conversation toward Thomas I started meditating on Thomas. Together we realized, wait a minute, Thomas gives us a roadmap out of doubt and disappointment. And rather mm -hmm. than deconstructing our faith, how do we let our doubt and disappointment move us toward who Jesus is? And what we really saw is these four major encounters that took place between Thomas and Jesus. 
and we just camped out in them. And the one we all know, of course, is when Thomas says, unless I put my fingers in his hands. But there's moments prior to that that Thomas has flashes of bravery. You know, none of us are the sum total of our worst moment. And Thomas yeah, has been kind of right. labeled as this doubting Thomas. It's even in the dictionary, but he's so much more than that. So my dad and I don't even live in the same state. And here we are over Google Docs. The first time I was working <laughs> with him, he, you, you girls will laugh at this. He's, he's yelling to my mom, Glenda, you got to come look at this. I can see her cursor and my cursor in the same document. <laughs> I mean, in two months, he turns 80, 80 oh, years wow. old. And it's this life that's been well lived, this mm. wealth of theology and wisdom that he brought to the table. And so we didn't like write a, he write a chapter and I wrote a chapter. We literally sat and wrote it together. And at the end of each chapter, we have some personal experiences. One of the chapters I do give a, a little short synopsis of the health journey that I talked about. It was one of the greatest gifts of my life to write this book with my dad. And, wow. and now to see, um, to see it being given as a gift to people who are struggling with doubt and disappointment that, that what I'll just say to sum up the life of Thomas mm. is the most beautiful takeaway that I had is when Thomas um, come, when Jesus appears a second time to the apostles, now Thomas is with them and, mm. and Jesus walks right over to him and looks him square in the face and says, I know what you need. Put your hands in my side and put your fingers here. He didn't say, Thomas, you owe me an apology. What mm -hmm. the heck is wrong with you? You've walked with me for three years. And this is the best you could give me was this kind of disappointment. Jesus initiated the restoration. Jesus wow. initiated the restoration. And then after that, Thomas fell to his knees and says, you're my, my Lord and my God. And the word he used there literally meant you are the owner of my life. And at that point, Thomas never looked back. But we can be encouraged that when we're struggling in any situation, that's not the time to isolate and pull away, which we saw so much isolation through COVID. It's the time yeah. to move toward Jesus and say, I don't understand this. I don't even like this but I know you're good and I know you're going to do something and I'm going to respond to your invitation to come closer to you. And so we just feel like it's a flipping the script on Thomas. I think that when you read it, you'll never look at Thomas or your own doubts and questions the same way. My goodness. I absolutely, I've always been infatuated with the story of Thomas because one of the things that I forget that we read in scripture is that he was a twin yeah. He had a he had a twin sibling and I always kind of looked at his doubting and, and discouragement with Jesus as not necessarily doubt sometimes but maybe he was the only one that was qualified to differentiate. Mm. Because if you think about a twin, how many times had he had a mistaken identity mm. between him and his brother? That's and good. here he is, and he's and he's the one disciple out of all of them that can go. I can tell the difference. I can mm. tell if that's really Jesus. Mm. I can because I know what it's like to be mistaken for my sibling and be accused mm. of being the false one or the one that's not really who I am. Bring mm. him to me. Let me see. Not unless I put my hands, then I'll believe. Mm. Yeah. And this yeah. is this is what I think so many times, even in in your life that you've lived, that has brought you to the place of doubt you may be the perfect candidate to be able to distinguish the will of the Lord. And I think we're so afraid of people 
de deconstructing and doubting and asking questions and really, really hard things from their past. And listen, I know that that word is a hot button word, but we're in summer heat right now. We'll say it, you know, <laughs> we're in summer heat, but here's the deal. I think that when you deconstruct, there's always got to be a reconstruct that follows. Oh, absolutely. And so um, you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Maybe God's brought you to this place so that you will be a voice of distinguishing the true nature of the father for us. Mm, that's so you know? good. And that, Jesus, and that Jesus is not afraid of our questions. You know, he's not yeah. afraid of us going. We just need to go. We need to know. We need to know what to do with them. The old school yeah. idea of shh, don't, don't say you have a doubt. Well, we have yep. doubts. We have questions. I mean, let's just be real. So we need a, we need a guide, a roadmap to know what to do with them. I would also argue that Thomas was the only one brave enough to ask some of the questions are all sitting there thinking. Jesus yep. says, I'm going, to, I'm going to my father's house. You all know where I'm going and you know the way to get there. And uh, they all sit there and nobody says anything. Only Thomas <laughs> is like, we don't know where you're going. And we don't know where <laughs> to get there. Like he's the only one. And so that's, it's to Thomas that Jesus says, Thomas, yeah. I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except through yeah. me. So that, that level of revelation was given because Thomas pressed for more. Wait, don't just leave us. We need to know more than that. And so this idea of like, I don't want to look dumb and ask a wrong question. No, if you don't know, you don't know. Mm. And I think Thomas was brave enough to say, I'm not just going to leave that laying on the table. I need to ask a little bit more and dig deeper. And Jesus rewarded him for that level of persistence. And I think he wants us to move toward him. Don't deconstruct in your faith away from God. Move toward him and know that he invites you into, into his presence. Like we're talking about, that's where you're going to find mm. the answers. Even when you don't get the okay. answer, he is the answer. That's the bottom line. I mean, I can cut the, <laughs> you don't want to read the book. I'm just going to give you the secret is that Cliff even notes. when you don't have the answer, he, he is the answer. He is the answer yeah. to our hard questions. Yeah. And he, wow. he meets us in those places of desperation every single mm. time, every yeah. single time. And I, I love I can see the pastoral heart in you coming out when you're like, okay, let me give you some advice. Don't ask, don't ask why, because you'll run mm -hmm. in circles, like, or how right. you described that was, was perfect. Yeah. Um, because how many times have we asked why and been like, oh Lord, why? And mm -hmm. then he's like, are you kidding? Like, <laughs> like yeah. just the, his responses alone, um, mm. press in for more, be in his presence. And in the end, he is the answer. And, <laughs> and it goes back to that trust. Like, is that enough? Is he enough? Yeah. Even if we don't get the answers, is he enough? And the life that your dad has walked, which mm -hmm. is a whole different story of ministry and like mm -hmm. life lessons and being a pastor's kid and all of that mm -hmm. um, is also fueled this message in a way that gave it such depth. And if, if mm -hmm. our listeners are here and you should get the book like this mm -hmm. book is being that I was telling Angela the other day, your book has the most favor of any book I've ever seen in my life. Oh, can wow. you just like tell us where the Lord has placed it? Because this is just a model of how he's using it. Thank you, Jenny. I'll, I'll give you a real quick story. So um, 
the, the, I always say there's a scene as if it's the chosen, there's a scene in the book. No, there's a, there's a passage in the Bible where, um, where Thomas is now with the apostles the second time, it says Jesus appeared behind locked doors. You know, they're, they're scared of the Jews they're scared of the Romans. Every, all hell is breaking loose literally. Mm-hmm. And so they're, st- they're, they're together, but they're behind locked doors. My dad was at an event before the book even launched. He looked across the room and he saw someone who was over prison ministry within the Assemblies of God, global prison ministry. And the Holy Spirit said to my dad, my dad's a man of tremendous prayer. I'm telling you, this book is an answer to my dad's prayers. I feel like I'm along the ride of my dad having just put in the time in the trenches all his life. And Mm. I was just given the gift of being a part of it. But the Holy Spirit said to my dad, I want this book behind locked doors. So he went and met with this gentleman and the Lord opened the door for a thousand books to be given to a thousand inmates going through global prison ministry all over the United States. Well, that was a domino, the first domino to fall in a series of events where now over 600 chaplains across the United States are using Brave Enough to Believe. That's hospital chaplains, prison chaplains, federal medical prison, community centers, fire and rescue, and now the latest, you know, the revival is breaking out on college campuses. Chi Alpha, yep. which is in 300 secular universities, every chaplain in Chi Alpha is using a copy of Rave Enough to Believe. So we're just standing back. You talk about amaze at the glory of God. These are the public hmm. moments that happen because of private prayer on behalf of my father for years and years and years, praying that hmm. before he died, he would reach somehow the gospel would reach a million people. Mm-hmm. And you don't know when you're praying what, what's going to happen. Sometimes it's for the next generation to carry that baton. And he would have been glad to let me and his family carry it. But he's being able to see this side of heaven, some of the, the fruit and go and have these wow. meetings, thinking that maybe his best years were behind him at 79 years of age, walking into <laughs> offices with people who didn't know him and seeing the favor of God on a book that people need. And now you've got literally thousands, uncountable, that will be have access to it um, through these chaplain wow. ministries. So it's been extraordinary. It's really a wild God story. It has very mm. little to do with me and, and everything to do with God. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> We're all just, yeah. There's not a, there's not a, there's not a technical issue. We're all just kind of, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's so good. He's so good. This season we've really embraced the silent moments because I'm telling you, there's just something about when you're able to think and, and understand when you're saying 80 years of a life and being able to see something this side of heaven, gosh, yeah, that's, that's remarkable. That's, that's absolute joy. I look at that and go, man, Lord, let it be that I could see some of your glory here. Yeah. That's so good. It's so good. Well, I know that we're only scratching the surface of the conversation with you and our (laughs) listeners. If you're listening right now and you need to get this book, Jenny, can you tell them where they can connect with Angela and where they can get their own copy of this book as well? Oh, let's have Angela tell them. Tell us all the places, my friend. Oh, thank you. Well, it's brave enough to believe how the life of Doubting Thomas answers our hard questions. So um, my website might be the best place. I can get you a signed copy. That's AngelaDonadio.com and uh, D-O-N-A-D-I-O.com. Of course, it's at all the places, Amazon and all the bookstores and all of that. But I'd love to get you a copy. And I even have a freebie going now. When they order it, they get one of my devotionals for free. So, 
yeah, nice. hop on over there and uh, thank you both. And thanks for just getting the message out. And it's an honor to my dad as well. So even though he couldn't join us today, mm. he's honored um, by this. Trust me. He got to do an interview the other day and the, uh, the host brought on a 16 year old seeker who asked all these hard questions. And I got to sit and listen to my dad just sharp as a tack, one after another wow. answer this young man's. So, you know, um, you're not <laughs> over until God says it's over. And so <laughs> yeah. there's a place of honor here. That's another conversation, but let's, let's give honor where we can and let's honor what the previous generation has done and the, the foundation yeah. that they have laid and, and uh, the shoulders that we stand on. And so this opportunity to write this with my dad and now not only was it a gift, we could give each other. Um, it's been one of the, the greatest gifts of my life. And um, and I just pray that it's, it's a blessing to whoever reads mm-hmm. it. It's on version too, as a 10-day devotional. So that's another option, too. Oh, that's fantastic. Angela, doing I just it. like, start I, it she's doing it. She already <laughs> she just downloaded it. Um, Angela, <laughs> like, prophetically, I see the model of you and your dad. Mm impacting so many other ministers to think mm-hmm. like, oh, there's legacy stuff going on. And I, I see you guys modeling that and just even others not, not beyond ministry looking in and it giving hope and restoration mm-hmm. and redemption to their relationships. So I just want to like prophetically speak that into you and your dad. Thank you for the model you guys are and for doing all the hard things because it would be much easier just to be retired and not show up. Right. Like for your dad, but I pulled him out of retirement. I pulled him out of retirement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Best thing you ever did. Will you, uh, I just sent some women listening or men listening and they maybe are in a season of question. And Mm. they're maybe wrestling through their own doubts. Can you just pastor Mm. us for a moment and just end this episode in prayer for those that are in doubt? Absolutely. Thank you both. Lord, we love you so much. And I just thank you that you're no respecter of persons. You want to reveal yourself to every single one of us. And maybe we're right in the middle of something thinking, I don't know where you are in this. I don't know what you're trying to reveal. But God, we know that you are good. And so I just ask right now that whoever's listening, whatever circumstance they find themselves in, I thank you that you are always inviting us. You're always initiating. And so, Lord, we just want to respond to you. I pray that we can bring you our hard questions. I pray for those in the middle of health crisis or financial crisis, God, and that we would learn what you want us to learn and that you would receive glory because we're here to give you glory. And I pray, Lord, that we would crave and hunger for your presence more than anything else. And I thank you for these, you know, these testimonies that we have, but more than anything, Jesus, Mm -hmm. you're concerned about us and our relationship with you. And so we surrender that to you today. And I pray, Lord, for every person listening, I pray that you would um, let them know how much they are deeply loved. It is your love that casts out fear. It's your love that brings us to repentance. And so we are reminded that it is your love that you lavish on us. We're not worthy of it. We don't deserve it. But yet, nonetheless, you give it to us, you offer it to us. And so we receive that love. And I pray that we would be instruments of your love in return. And we thank you. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So glad you joined us today. Oh, thank you, Candice. Thank Thank you so much for coming on. Be sure everybody. Yeah, be sure everybody to pick up Brave Enough to Believe. And until next week, kick those shoulds out the door. 
have you been inspired to stop shitting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.